is an ultimate global podcast. Hello, and welcome to our Daily Dose podcast, covering all about day-to-day global affairs. You're listening to Saurabh Kora and George Mavros from Sydney. So we are here for the first ever Daily Dose podcast. And for the first Daily Dose podcast, we have got some special guests today with us. The first one is George Mavros uh, himself, who is the founder of, um, who's a co-founder along with me for this uh, Ultimate Global podcast. We also have with us uh, Joshua Karras, who is an executive manager at the United Nations Association. Just to give a brief introduction about Ultimate Global podcast series, it's a podcast series where we want to discuss about international affairs, which are trending in the world um, and through which we can create the discussions through which we can create some meaningful value uh, to your day-to-day life. Um, We came up with this idea a few months back when George and I were having a casual discussion. And uh, through that casual discussion, we in fact came up with some key insights. And there we thought that probably we can make this insightful discussion a part of our uh, podcast where everybody comes and listens to us and um, more insights come into the picture and that's how we can add value to the society as a whole so it's not just a business idea but it's an idea which adds value to the society um what do you have to say george in this regard yeah i think very specifically it's not a business idea it's it's about it's about creating thought and creating people to do something now if that happens to generate business so be it but my main interest whenever i'm talking about any topic is to get somebody to think so i'd like to put out my case i'd like to put out my argument but then i always want to finish with what do you think so so i'm i'm all about us generating thoughts and when we say it's it's global matters and it's it's things that uh, are important sarab and i think they're important you may not okay chill out on that one but if you don't think it's important but we did raise it maybe you should give some thought as to why us and our guests also thought it was important enough to raise because we're not here to talk about nonsense absolutely we were starting off and kicking off with our first daily dose podcast for today as we know uh, for most of the people who are listening to us from new south wales it's a good news that we have got 6.8 million jabs now up with 66% of eligible population with the first dose and 36% population have got that double dose so i think a big clap for those people who have already got vaccinated and it's a huge shout out for those who have not got vaccinated till now uh, we have got um, somebody from the PhD background who is already doing PhD in medicine, I'm sure he has got some great tips for you all. What do you have to say in this regard, Joshua? Thank you so much. And congratulations to you both on the launch of this brand new podcast. I know I'll be listening avidly as the weeks come. Um, But in terms of the topic of COVID, goodness, as if we haven't spoken about it enough. However, we speak about it a lot for a reason. It is the most pressing concern of our society at the moment. I am uh, very optimistic about these numbers coming through that you've just mentioned. Um, uh, we are doing an absolutely exceptional thing at the moment. Uh, New South Wales has amongst the highest vaccination rates in the world. Um, Aussies are known to come together during times of 
of trying times, and this is no exception. I think, I mean, our recent um, rate of 150,000, breaking that 150,000 uh, vaccine, uh, you know, do doses a day rate is simply phenomenal. And I expect that, yeah, we will hit those these targets of, of 70 and 80% um, in November and December. Um, and hopefully that means a, a happy and warm Christmas together. Absolutely. And we've already got that big announcement from the Premier of New South Wales that there is going to be a face-to-face -face return of school learning from October 25th. Mm -hmm. We're waiting for that big announcement uh, on October 25th. And also the Treasurer making this announcement that we have to, at the end of the day, we have to learn to live with COVID-19. Uh, it's, it's not going to be it's not going to be over, but what we need to understand is get ourselves vaccinated and get ready for the situation where more than 80% people are vaccinated and we still get the economies running. Um, from the global point of view, um, there have been really great updates. Singapore has been doing really well with 80% of the people are completely vaccinated there. Um, there have been some updates from Africa where we see that the the director of african centers for uh, disease control and prevention says that there has been an inequality in this global vaccination do you have to say anything in this regard joshua that there has been some sort of vaccine inequality across the countries going on absolutely um unfortunately obviously we the numbers don't lie they speak for themselves we we were seeing the um developed nations you know receive the the, the uh overwhelming number of doses um and it's a situation where and if if uh, drastic action is not taken we will see the effects of COVID lasting for years longer in already struggling economies in developing nations for years to come uh, that's why the world health organization in response well before we saw the um these numbers coming through it developed the um the covax um, initiative where all individual all nations can contribute to a fund reserved specifically to provide uh, funding for vaccines in developing nations. I think that's the one important point globally speaking. I think a second most important point that should be raised regarding vaccines and you know our race against uh, against the clock, so to speak, is when it comes to vaccine hesitancy, people need to be aware that uh, when it, when we all have that cousin, uh, that colleague, that neighbor who is he hesitant to take the vaccine. I think firstly, it's very important for people to know that the way to engage with these individuals is to demonstrate compassion, empathy, uh, and present with a listening ear, acknowledge their, what their concerns are, and then gently introduce, you know, the, the, what we are finding from academic rigor and whatnot, uh, what these, what the science has to say and nothing more, no opinions, just science. Uh, and I think that's, that's what research, at least my research is demonstrating is the most effective way to really make sure that we all get vaccinated. The um, COVID, COVID and vaccines in general have have raised globally, but but for us very specifically in in New South Wales, the question of your rights and responsibilities, your your privileges and responsibilities. I've I've got um, I've got close relatives and I've got very good friends that have no intention at this stage of being vaccinated. Mm -hmm. And they've got some very justifiable reasons in their mind. And there's many, um, uh, I saw an article, uh, a, a video on the news uh, two days ago where supposedly um, Germany has stopped vaccination at the moment due to concerns. Now, 
I don't know whether that's true or not, um, but uh, given that it could be, uh, it certainly looked like a true broadcast to me. Um, if one expert is telling us this and one expert is telling us that, all of us that are promoting vaccination, and I've had my double dose, I'm, you know, according to some, I'm Wi-Fi 5 friendly now, I can do 5G and I'm also magnetic. Um, and microchips. Yes, and glow in the dark. But if we have the right, and we, we've got the, the belief that we, we're entitled to do this because we think it's right for our family, it's a bit hard for us to say to the other person, you don't have that same right. Because at the moment, there is a chunk of vaccination that is about faith. I have the faith that this vaccination is right. I have the faith that we've got the right story on it. But somebody else may have the faith that it's not correct. And I can think of a I can think of a drug, Joshua, you probably would know of, called thalidomide. That when it first came out, it was a glorious drug. And then all of a sudden, five and ten years down the track, things went wrong. Now, those of us that have taken this vaccine and know those stories, we still have the faith that, that what we're doing is right. So don't be so hard to jump down the throat of somebody that's got the faith of an alternate view. What the answer is? Well, privilege and responsibility, I guess. You want the privilege of your choice? You have to take the responsibility of it. To those comments, I'd, I'd actually suggest that uh, faith plays a smaller role than we would expect, just on the on the premise that uh, people think that this vaccine was developed in a year. That's not actually the, that. That is the narrative that unfortunately oh, we. I, I got told six months. Six months. Yeah, it was and six months. Yeah. The, the the reality of of the situation is that the uh, the COVID vaccine was the the sheer majority of the coding that was required to build the vaccine was already developed. We simply yes. needed to customize it to the particular SARS-2 strain that, that, that this vaccine, that, that the, the vaccine required, that the disease carries. We have never in, his, in the history of vaccines in its approximate 150 year uh, lifespan, never seen a side effect emerge um, from a, a long-term side effect emerge that we don't already know about in the first year of development. So it, mm -hmm. it, the, the and and to address the concern of of the 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 fear that this was simply developed too quickly, the answer to that is that through all of the phases, not one single phase in the development of this vaccine was skipped or shortcutted. It was done overlapped, and it and and the reason that is that that was able to occur was the sheer amount of. Uh, funding that occurred, the sheer volume of scientists who were dedicated to the work, and more importantly, the participants who are willing to put themselves forward to act, uh, to participate in those early uh, round of studies. So, um, so if, there's that component. And the final thing I just want to say is, in relation to the capacity for the vaccine to be effective and whatnot, and the the concerns of what's in it and, and, and those other, you know, I suppose, issues that people have raised, if you are raising that now, I wonder when you raised the questions to your doctors about every other medication you've ever taken, every food you've ever you've ever taken um, from fast food restaurants. It's just I think it's important to acknowledge that there may be a double standard here, and it's due to the hyperfixation, the super hot spotlight that lies on these vaccines. 
Well, one of the interesting things is that um, I I was listening to somebody the other day that was saying um, that they they believe in God. I happen to also believe in God. I might not go to church every Sunday. It doesn't mean I don't have a relationship with my God. Um, and because they believed in God and God helped us and created the immune system, we don't need a vaccination. I respectfully tried to point out to that person, we had an immune system before we got a vaccination for measles. We had the godly immune system before we, we had the cure for polio and tetanus and a whole heap of things. But that doesn't seem to count now. Now, for the, the naysayers, they're, they're locked in. And, and anybody that's watching this, we're, we're, this is a short burst. But what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to look up two things. One's called misinformation and the other one is disinformation. And start to read through where those two things occur. What I like to do, Josh, is when I hear somebody tell me something, I want to hear what they're saying, but I want to listen to where it's coming from. And I saw a wonderful post today that said, you know, there's got dermatologists, uh, vaccine people, specialists, all these, all these professors telling us that this is okay. Yet my friend that failed science in high school, he's saying it's not. I just don't know who to listen to at the moment. And I thought it was very apt. So look up, look up disinformation and misinformation because misinformation can be delivered by your best friend with the best of intentions, and it's still wrong. Anyway, Sarah, over to you. I think, I think that's a good advice um, by both of you, but uh, we also have to look at what's the best possible solution at the moment for us. Mm. Yeah. So the best possible solution to come out of the lockdown is that we get vaccinated and we get the economies running because this is a big question going on in the media, which we'll, we'll keep it for the next day that till what time we should continue with these lockdowns because there is no definite time for that, right? We cannot keep on extending the lockdowns forever. Otherwise, what it does is it just derails your economy from where you are going now. So um, another key issue which is going on in the media is what happened in Afghanistan on Thursday and the following incidents after Thursday. So there was an attack on the Kabul airport, um, close to the Kabul airport on one of the gates by uh, a group called ISISK, Islamic State uh, Khorasan province, which was founded in the 2015. And uh, US has already been executing a lot of leaders of that group for more than three, four years now. Um, but the question here is that, first of all, why did that attack happen is quite sad to know because the US were evacuating a lot of people from Afghanistan. And they have been continuing to do that. There has been a retaliatory attack on Saturday as well by US um, on, on one of the vehicles that happened on Sunday, um, which has been blamed that by mistake, it was killing the children inside the vehicle. But it was not the case because the, the main intention of attacking that vehicle was that that vehicle was actually carrying uh, some kind of instruments to attack on the Kabul airport for a second or third attack, second or third terrorist attack. So what have you been hearing about this, Josh? Yes, and uh, so, 
Go, no, no, go, Josh. No, 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 no please, please. This is your. I, I'd love to hear your thoughts. It's our podcast, and I'm telling you to go. Go. <laughs> I was just going to say that it's um, truly an unfortunate circumstance where uh, we're, fi we're finding people who are attempting to flee being attacked. It just, it, it really does hurt, doesn't it, to see what what's unfolding over there. Um, there are so many complicated, multifaceted components to this to the discussion. I mean, do you blame the West? Do you blame um, the Afghan soldiers? Do you, began, do you blame the go? There is a question of blame, uh, you know, scattered throughout the me public media. Uh, and I don't think that's the, the correct way to go about it. My only, my first thought is forget the blame. It's how do we, at the moment, salvage and preserve the, the human life that we have? I, I think that the narrative is being told in that incorrect, down the in incorrect avenue. What do you think? Yeah, I think the, the the problem the problem of any military action is that it's very rare that it's anywhere other than where civilians are. There's always civilians during any sort of military action. Um, the other thing is, come back to my earlier topic of information, misinformation, and disinformation. Um, many a time we've been told one thing occurred. In, in, a, in an attack or a counterattack, only to find out, well, the story wasn't quite that right. And that happens on both sides. That happens on both sides. Um, one of the things, uh, uh, Sarab and I were talking about this the other day, one of the things that gets me about this whole situation, I don't criticise um, the Americans for pulling out on the day that they said they were going to pull out last year. Let's not forget that. This date has been known since last year or so when when President, no name in my mind, um, um, made the agreement. The thing that absolutely beggars belief for me is out of the Americans, the English, the Australians, every other nation that's been part of this, nobody... But nobody thought it might go a bit pear-shaped coming up to the 31st. I cannot believe that not one single government, and more importantly, probably something like 15 or 20 military organisations, oops, forgot to look at Plan B. Just amazes me. And our own government, um, you know, I'm, I'm neither Liberal nor, nor Labor, um, I might traditionally I'm a liberal voter, but but I can I can be upset with anybody, no matter which political party they're from, if they've got to be upset with. And for our government to be saying, look what we've done in the last week, guys, um, you should have been thinking about that a while ago. So the attack is a is an unfortunate thing. Uh, sadly, it doesn't matter where you go, it doesn't matter what war you want to talk about. Um, there will always be the innocence. Uh, involved in it. I think this has never been a discussion, George, that while that whether US were supposed to come out of the Afghanistan or not in this year, it's just been the deal that they had with Taliban was dealt in a very rushed manner. And there was no sort of plan to leave Afghanistan. And they just left instantaneously without even communicating properly to the people of Afghanistan to whom they have served for 20 years. And I think that was one of the main questions that they have to answer 
though they have been answering that we already had communicated to you since april but that's not the that's not the correct answer as per me because um that is something which they should have communicated with the uh, audience in a proper way by dealing with the taliban uh, at the first and creating a peace deal so that there is no kind of violence or deaths happening after they leave afghanistan because it was so haphazard because it was done in a so unorganized manner that's why we we are seeing all kinds of incidents which are happening yes and unfortunately us and probably everybody else watching this really don't have the right or the authority to fully quite talk about it because we don't know what was agreed we don't know what was talked about we don't know what trump agreed to we don't know what was passed or not passed over to biden we don't know what the afghan government was supposed to do i mean it, it, there is a part of me that says you have the to a degree you should have had the right to think that they were going to put up a little bit more resistance than what they did and i'm sorry i don't mean to be disrespectful to anybody's government but i'll guarantee you the ex president prime minister whatever he was i'll bet he's not in some country for the safety of his people and a pauper i'll bet he's got a few bob behind him he was able to organize that pretty well but you see this all the time you see this all the time the people end up being the pawns well i think we can keep that discussion in a very detailed fashion in our special weekly podcast on one of the days yeah. but for now i think we have to say goodbye for today i hope you all like today's episode uh, barring the few uh, technical errors that we faced at the beginning but uh, as and how we move forward we hope to gain more support more followers and hope to see you come to our episodes and discuss your ideas post in your comments if you have got any questions if you have got any suggestions on the topics that we should discuss uh, we would love to take your suggestions and uh, we would love to see more people joining in our podcast sessions like joshua has joined today uh, love to have more brand ambassadors uh, for our podcast who can spread the word and um, uh, do you have anything else to say george in this regard Just a quick reminder to everybody we've got an incredible number of incredible people participating in a thing called the Paralympics. One of the easiest ways that you can support those people is to be watching television. Another way of doing it just a little bit better, you could in Australia you can buy a virtual seat. My wife and I have bought a virtual seat. It's $25. It goes towards the Paralympic movement. and it's a global thing. Huge. I haven't checked to see Sarab how we're going against India but I'll I'll do that before <laughs> I next one. Here here. Well said. Absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much everyone for watching. Um that's it for today's daily podcast episode. Uh I'll see you tomorrow with Joshua again coming at a different time. Till then have a good day.